You see, God has to really open our ears to hear him. Otherwise, we'll hear and not really hear. This morning, I want to start a series. I got about 20 minutes to preach. We'll go on to near. The highest order of prayer. You know, it's an amazing thing. If you are a Christian, if you are a human being, God has called you, if you live on the earth, to pray. It's amazing that Christians today, it seems like many Christians don't pray. They only pray when they have pressure from the enemy. And they are feeling the pressure. And sometimes they don't even spend time at home praying. They pray while they are in their car and uh, while they are going to work. But prayer is so important for the believer. We have been called by God to pray. And I'm going to tell you why we need to pray. And then we will go translate into the highest form of prayer. We need to understand this. Prayer is very important. Let me say this to you. Life is a battleground. Life is just a battleground. Every day you wake up to solve problems. And sometimes they pay you for solving problems. Trying to solve other people's problems as they are trying to solve your problems. That's life. Everything, as soon as you wake up in the morning, you're solving problems. You're already thinking about what to do, how to deal with this situation, how to pay your bill. These are things that we have to deal with. If you lay down there, somebody's going to talk to you about that. You can't lay down there. There are things to do on the earth. If you are here on the earth, that's what our life is about. Now, listen. The Bible tells us in Psalm 74, verse 20, Speaking to God, have respect to the covenant. Have respect to the covenant. For the dark places of the earth are full of the horns of cruelty. Have respect to the covenant. That's to God himself. You, God, have respect to the covenant. The covenant is very important. Why? Because the dark places of the earth are full of the habitations of cruelty. And if you read in Isaiah chapter 60, it says, For the darkness will cover the earth. Notice, not a darkness. The darkness shall cover the earth. And deep darkness, the people. But we have help. Even though there are habitations of cruelty, we still have help. The word says, but the Lord will arise upon you, and the glory of the Lord shall be seen upon you. That's the way God says it. Even though there is deep darkness on the earth, and there are dark places of the earth that is just flowing with with cruelty, God says there is still help for us. You know, I was meditating on the scripture. The Bible tells us in, in John chapter 17, Jesus says the glory 
that you gave to me, I have given to them. I have the glory of the Lord upon my life. The glory, not just a glory. You can read that in John 17 verse 22. Not just a glory, but the glory. The same glory that was upon Jesus Christ. While he was on the earth, Jesus was praying to his father. He said, the glory that you gave to me, I have given to them. So you are carrying and I'm carrying the same glory that was upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We have that. When you see me, you see good luck. But what I'm carrying is glory. And what you are carrying is glory. We just don't recognize that. The way to recognize that for our eyes to be open is to connect with him. The one who is giving us the glory. Jesus connected with him. Many times he spent all night. That's the son of God. Connecting with the one that gave him the glory. All night long. Jesus was praying before his father. You understand? I wonder what did he need? He was the son of God. We need. We have a lot of needs. We should go to him in prayer. We should be crying out to him. Sometimes you may not even know what needs you have until you are in his presence. That's why he tells us very clearly in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy. So if you don't come, you haven't obtained mercy. Come boldly into the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. You will have times of need. And it's going into his presence that will solve that problem. The habitations of the earth, the dark places of the earth are filled with habitations of cruelty. They are against your finances. They are against your family. To the devil, you are an enemy. He is against you. If you read in Revelation chapter 11, I mean chapter 12, beginning from verse 11, he says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of their testimony. Right? And they loved not their lives unto the death. He says, Therefore, because of this, rejoice, O heaven, and those who dwell in heaven, they have to rejoice because the devil is no longer there. He's been driven out. So if you dwell in heaven, you can rejoice. But then he says, woe to those, the inhabitants of the earth. And the sea. And you wonder, God concerned about fish? <laughs> But if you read in Romans chapter 8, he tells us, beginning from verse 19, and you can go down further. He tells us that the whole creation groans and waits because the devil is present on the earth. The whole creation is waiting for deliverance. Because everywhere the devil is, is trouble. And there's only one that can deliver us from his hand. And we have to go to him. The Bible tells us the name of the Lord is what? 
is a strong tower. And the righteous run into it and they are saved. Saved from what? The enemy. That's what the Bible is telling us here. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you. Are you uh, living on the earth? If you are living on the earth, the devil is after you. Whether you know it or not, he's after you. He's after your finances. He's after your comfort. He's after your, your physical body. He's after everything, your children. He's after your marriage. He's after your relationship. He's after you to accuse you, to bring you down. And he has some power, but we are not alone. Amen. I've got some power from heaven, and I can handle him uh, through the weapons that God has given to me. I can put him in this place, and though he has some powers, he cannot really affect my life. I can live free, because the word of God says, He who the Son makes free is free, free, free indeed. Can I hear an amen? But we have to follow through. With what the word says. You see, Satan is the opposition leader. <laughs> the chief opposition leader. You know, Paul was saying in, uh, I believe it's First uh, Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. Paul says, a great door. A great and effective door has opened to me. That's God. This is Paul speaking. And what goes with effective and great doors open? <laughs> there are... Many adversaries. God's opening a door to you today in your business. God's opening a door to you today in your finances. Can I hear an amen? I need you to agree with me because I'm speaking to you like a word of prophecy. God's going to bless you. There's a, a great door, effective door, that's God's opening to you Today, in the name of Jesus, in the area where you've been struggling, God will kick that struggle out of your life so things can become easy because God has blessed you. Can I hear an amen? God has opened not just a great door, but an effective door. And there are many enemies. That's what Paul said. He knew it. God has opened it. And for every life, everyone that's sharing my voice today, I'm going to declare to you that God's opening a door. That thing that has been difficult for you, uh, that's a door that God's opening for you, and the enemy has been preventing you, that you need to stand. No, and let the enemy know, I carry the glory of the highest one. The glory of Jesus is upon me. The glory that God gave to Jesus, Jesus has transferred it to me, and I can handle you. That effective door is open for me, and nobody can stand in the way, because the Bible says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, I will condemn. And it says, because this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness, their righteousness is not their own. It's the righteousness of the great one. 
is my righteousness. So when the enemy sees you, he has nothing against you, no accusation against your life. He knows he's in trouble and he cannot stop this effective door that God has opened for you. And it's a great door. If he's coming against your body, today is your day of freedom. Amen. Because you carry the glory of God. If it's coming against your finances, today, can you hear the word? Today is my day of freedom. If it's coming against your health, shake yourself like something. Today, I'm going to be free. No one is going to hold me down because I got tongue to speak. Amen. I got tongue to speak. In the name of Jesus. He is the opposition leader. Satan is. But we are the one in power. Can I hear an amen? He is the opposition leader. We can always vote him out. We can always say, be quiet. We got an agenda and our agenda will go. Amen. We have to realize that the enemy is there. And he's fighting us. But he can never win. That's what the scripture says. He will never win. But we must use what tools God is giving to us. To fight the enemy. And to put him in his place. Let me tell you how Satan is. You know what the Bible says? Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. There is no gentleman in this business. Because Satan doesn't understand gentle. He's a violent person, okay? He understands real violence. But when you resist him, he'll flee from you. That's what the Bible tells us. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until when? Right where we're sitting right now. The kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent ones take it by force. You just don't sit down there, know that you carry the glory of God, and you can talk to the enemy. Think about it. If you, if you have the same glory that was on Jesus, guess what Satan sees when he sees you? He sees Jesus. And every time he sees Jesus, he says, have you come to destroy us before the time? And that's what I expect. Every time he sees me coming, he says, here comes trouble. What is he after now? That's you. And that's us. We are all in the same thing. He is your position leader, but we have power over him. Amen. He wants to stop us. The Bible says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. We have this spiritual wickedness in high places. God is telling us there is a war going on in the heavenly. There is a war going on for your, against your life, against your children, against your family, against your marriage, against your progress, against your finances, everything. There is a war going on, and we're feeling it. That's why Jesus said, from the days, another scripture from Luke, from the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God is being preached. And everyone is pressing in. You got to press in. Everyone is pressing in. We got to press in. Because God wants us to press in in this kingdom. There is a scripture here. I want to share this with you. This is really important. 
two scriptures, but very un- please get understanding. Because the Bible says you know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Sometimes we hear and don't even, when we use the word practice, that's not a dirty word. Be a doer of the word. Try it out. Until you try it out, you never experience God. Be bold. Step out of the boat and walk on water. Think about Peter. That was just, can I come walking on physical water? Nobody asked questions like that. Can I come walking on water? But he believed. And Jesus told him, probably casually, come. Would you do that? On the word of a man, <laughs> most of us, you know what we'll do? We will try the water first to see if, if it's going to hold our weight. And then we'll go back and say, oh, Lord, you can come. That's okay. Don't worry about it. I'll do it some other time. But because of the word, he stepped out. Rock solid. You know why it's in the scriptures? God is telling you, when you step out of uh, my word, solid ground to walk on. We've never tried it. We've never tried. Step out. Believe what God says. Believe what Jesus has done for us. That's what the enemy is trying to steal from us. The fight for the Christian is to prevent us from gaining what Jesus gave to us. That's what the enemy, that's why Jesus told us in John chapter 10 verse 10, he says the thief does not come. Notice, the thief does not come. The thief does not come. He has only one purpose, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that's the devil. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so if I can prevent the thief, (laughs) I have abundant life. That's what we need to do. Look at this scripture here. This is from Zechariah chapter 1. It says, Then I raised my eyes and looked, and there were four horns. And I said to the angel who talked with me, What are these? So he answered me, These are the horns that have scattered Judah. And Israel and Jerusalem. Do you feel like the enemies entered into your finances and things are not the way they used to be? Do you feel like your family was doing so well, your marriage was doing so well, and all of a sudden, I don't know what happened? Do you have any area of your life where you're so confused and you don't know what to do? Things were going so well and now there seems to be a turn and you don't understand what's happened. You're searching yourself and wondering, did I do something wrong? Are you a mother or a father and things have taken another turn and you're wondering, what's really going on here? The horns. It says, what are these? It says, these are the horns that have come to scatter, to cause confusion, to make a child of God uncomfortable, to make you lose faith in God, to scatter. Now, Israel, Jerusalem, that's what it is. 
You are all children of the living God. And you have shalom, peace from God. But the enemy is coming. What are these? These are the horns that have come to scatter Judah and Israel and Jerusalem. Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen. And I said, what are these coming to do? Notice, they are coming to do something, right? <coughs> so he said, these are the horns. Go back to the horns now that scatter. These are the horns that scatter Judah so that no one could lift up his head. When they come, they want to bring you shame. They want to bring you disgrace. They want to attack your body. To make you lose hope. To be fearful. To think, God, nothing, no one can help me in this situation. But let me let you know, no matter what your situation is, God can help you and will help you. God can help you and will help you. I don't care what you've done. God will forgive that sin and heal you. You can read that in James chapter 4, God 5. God will forgive and heal at the same time. It says, these are the horns that scatter Judah so that no one could lift up his head. If you're here this morning and feeling uh, things are so hard, I don't even know if I can get out of this. God's after you to help you. Can I hear an amen? It says, but the craftsmen are coming to ter terrify them. The craftsmen are coming to terrify them. To cast out the horns of the nations that lifted up their horn against the land of Judah to scatter it. How does God do this? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> By revelation. By revelation. Because the Bible says, and you shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And that's what we're going to do. We, this is about prayer, but this is a, a basically introduction to what I'm about to tell you in with regards to prayer. For you to know there is an enemy, but you can have victory over the enemy. No matter how tough that situation is, God can deliver. God can help. The key is revelation. And after revelation, you go to God with your revelation. That's when you can come boldly before him. Because you know, I found the answer. When you found the answer, you're no longer afraid. You remember the blind man that was on the roadside calling to Jesus? He's heard about Jesus. And Jesus was going by. He knew he was a Jew. Okay? And Jesus is the Messiah. That's my right. And he couldn't see Jesus, but he knew his rights. And Jesus was walking by. He was asking the question, who is it? They said, it's Jesus. Oh, the Messiah came my way. <laughs> Lord Jesus, son of David. You know what he was saying? Messiah, <laughs> I'm here. I got needs. Help me. And those guys said, be quiet. You're causing so much commotion. Be quiet. The Bible said he yelled out even louder to get his attention. And then Jesus said, call him. And the people said to him, be of good cheer. 
He's calling for you. You know what they were saying? Your troubles are over. Messiah is calling for you. But you have to call, right? And when he calls you into his presence, your troubles disappear. The fellow knew it through. Jacket away. Blind jacket. I'm not going to be blind anymore. I don't need that stuff. But that's what we need to do. Revelation. He knew who he was. And he knew Jesus would help him. Why? I'm a Jew. Messiah belongs to me. You know why God will help you? You are a Christian. Jesus belongs to you. So you, don't you have mouth to cry out like this fellow? Why are you so gentle? <laughs> cry out. Yeah, he had been blind all along. But he knew to call. We're coming to that. But the key is revelation. Listen, in Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 3 and 4, it says, For a long time Israel has been without a true God. They had been without a true God, without a teaching priest. Not only they didn't have God, they didn't have also a teaching priest. Then there was, a, 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 this with re, the scripture we read initially was from Zechariah, right? Now, in the days of Zechariah, there was a young king named Uzziah. And guess what he had? He had a teaching priest to show him the way. Can I hear an amen? He had a teaching priest to show him the, the way. Listen. In Second Chronicles, chapter 26, it's talking about Uzziah. When you have a teaching priest, guess what you do? You seek God in prayer. He says, he sought God in the days of Zechariah. The same one who talked about the horns, right? Chapter 1, he talked about the horns. Now, chapter 26 He's talking about Zechariah. He, that's Uzziah, sought God in the days of Zechariah who had understanding in the visions of God. And guess what he says? And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as he sought God, God made him to prosper. Now, God was doing an unusual thing in the days of Uzziah. There were, God actually blessed him as long as he listened to what the priest was telling him to do. God was giving individuals in the kingdom abilities to invent things. They were even able to invent machines way back then. Let me read the scripture, verse 14. Hosea prepared for all the army of uh, army shield, shields, spears, helmets, coats of mail, boats, and stones to sling. In Jerusalem, he made machines. 
invented by skillful men to be on the towers of the corner bulwarks with which to shoot arrows and great stones. And this, his fame spread far, so he was marvelously helped till he was strong. So God does that when you're listening to what you're being taught. And in this place, we are going to be doers of the word. Amen? We will do exactly what the word says as God gives us revelation. And as we continue to do what the word says, guess what the Bible says? We will prosper and God will be doing unusual things in our midst. Amen? So the key is seeking God. When you know the word of God, seek him as God gives revelation. Let me let you know God has given us divine weapons to deal with the enemy. And the Bible tells us that for the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. They are mighty through God. We have weapons to handle the enemy, to put him in his place. We have those weapons and God is giving us, giving them to us. And one of the key weapons that God's given to us is what? Prayer. Prayer. That's the key weapon. When, David, when you are in a place and you don't know what, how to handle the problem, God is inviting you, according to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, come boldly to the throne of grace. Prayer. That's where most Christians become weak because they are not praying. How can you go for a whole week as a Christian and you're not drinking? Yeah, you eat. Maybe you do eat in, eat in the word. You drink when you pray. You're hungry and thirsty. You drink. You got to pray. In Luke chapter 1, Jesus made it clear, clear. Men ought always to pray and not faint. We have to pray. If you're having a problem, don't just call your friends. You can tell them what's happening, but let God be your source. That's the first place to go. Go tell God what's happening. Tell him everything that's happening. He already knows, but God has made a promise. He says, before you call, I will answer. And he can handle the problem. We need to spend time praying. And then after we pray, we graduate to praise. Let me say this as I close because of time. It's good to pray. Notice the scripture I've been quoting. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. He says, come boldly. When we pray, we come into his presence. Right? When we pray... We come into God's very presence. That's important. But when we praise God, He comes into our presence. I don't think you got it yet. <laughs> when you pray, you enter into God's presence. But when you are praising God, He can't wait. He comes into your presence. And when he leaves, he leaves you with a lot of goods, okay? <laughs> so praise is the highest form of prayer. 
when you don't know what to do, things are so tough. And it seems like there is no way out. <laughs> Start praising God. Amen. There was a preacher, some of you will know him, and I'm going to close with this story. Uh, Novel Hayes, some of you know him. A multimillionaire, has several businesses. And uh, God was blessing him, but he preached. And uh, initially he said, I'm not going to take offering, I'm already wealthy. And God says, you are robbing my people, take the offering. So he tell you he's a multimillionaire, and then he tell you, I'm still going to get, get your offering, okay? I'll take the offering. <laughs> but I'm a multimillionaire. His friend said, don't tell them that. He says, I'm telling them, I'm just going to obey God. But his business started going into a, a lot of difficulty. That could be your health. Amen? That could be your family. Whatever it is that's troubling you. And he never did understand what was going on. He had uh, the treasurer, and he had several accounts. The treasurer would come and say, Mr. Hayes, I tell you what, uh, this account, and bring the checkbook to her, uh, to him, and said, uh, Mr. Hayes, uh, this account, uh, we have very little, uh, almost nothing left in that account. And he'll go to, he'll say, well, call her by name, I just want to call her Vic, uh, Vicky. Vicky, there are thousands and hundreds of thousands into the account. And she goes, Mr. Hayes, we have no money in that account. And he goes, we have hundreds and thousands of dollars in that account. And she goes, whatever you say, Mr. Hayes. And she's angry and she'll walk out. And, that, and then another day she comes back with another account. Mr. Hayes, we got troubled. Everything is going down. And he was troubled, but he was still trying to believe God. And so he went to a conference where Kenneth Hagin, the one that's gone to be with the Lord, he was prophesying and finally turned to him and said, uh, you got a lot of troubles in your, your life because you are not laughing at the devil. And he went, huh? I'm not laughing at the devil. So he said, okay, I'm going to laugh. So he went back to his office and he went because he didn't want everyone to see, anyone to see him. When everyone is left, he would thank God for all the business that was uh, breaking down in his, in his life. And then he, he, then he starts to laugh. He says, ha, 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 And then he said to us, you, th- you think I wanted to laugh? No, I felt like crying, he said. <laughs> Things were so bad. But guess what happened? That was his praise to God. Everything changed. Everything changed in this life. Praise. Amen? It's very important. Stand up with me this morning. Ha, ha. Ha, ha. Ha, ha. Yeah. I'm laughing this morning. Ha, ha. Praise be the Lord. Ah. Even when things are tough, still praise Him. Still praise Him. Even if you feel like crying, things are so bad. My family is going down. Ha, ha. Ha, ha. And God hears it. Amen. God hears it. Give him praise. That's what we do. As we praise him, God fights for us. His presence comes and the enemy goes, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. What are we going to do now? He shows up. (laughs) He showed up and he knows to leave. When we pray, 
we enter into his presence. When we praise him, he enters into our presence. Amen? There's the difference. Lift your hand up today and give him praise. There's something in your life that you need to praise God for. It's difficult. God, don't praise him for it because he didn't send it. But praise him because the Bible says all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Amen. Put your hands down. All heads bowed. If you're here this morning and you have not taken Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior, it's almost like being in a great wilderness, lost and by yourself. We all need Jesus. And it's a deliberate thing. You have to accept Jesus into your life. In other words, until you give him permission to come into your life, he doesn't come. So today, deliberately tell God, I want you in my life. At the count of three, all you have to do is lift up your hand and say, Jesus, put it up and put it down. Jesus, I, lift you. I need you in my life. One, two, three, put your hand up. Put your hand up. If you need him into your life, yes. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's wonderful. It's very important. Many times I say to people, the devil has no right to come into your life unless you give him permission by your action or by something that you've done. In the same way, once you tell God, I need you in my life, He's been waiting to come in all along. He wants to be with you because you are so special to him. He is not going to condemn you in any way. You'll be talking about what you've done wrong and God says, I know that, but that's all, all under the blood. I just want you. I just want to be close to you. God wants to be close to you. And if you desire God to be close to you, let me tell you, this morning, in his name, he is right there with you. He will never be far away from you. Can those of us who lifted our hands and every one of us, could you please join me in this prayer? So, Heavenly Father, thank you. I acknowledge that I have sinned against you. And today, I ask for forgiveness. Lord Jesus, I ask you, to come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this, this Christian life by the power of your Spirit. Holy Spirit, come into my life and empower me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, I can remember the day I received Jesus into my life. Oh, I can't tell you. He was so beautiful. 